Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to Series 4, This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment centre to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favourite rosé brand, Mirabu, And we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone. Whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate this success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. So on today's podcast, I have the fabulous Kyra Matthews. Hi. Hi. I always think people think I'm going to go off and introduce and I'm like, no, I'm going to let you do that because I feel like people by far do themselves justice rather than me trying to explain what other people do. I totally get that. So that was like my invitation to say, hi, this is who I am. Yeah, my name is Kyra Matthews. I'm a mindset and manifestation coach for creatives. Essentially, I help creatives who are selling products online using Instagram show up in a way that is confident, bold and magnetic. So often I work with a lot of people who get to a point in their business where they're on the verge of giving up. Things are challenging. There's loads of anxiety, loads of self-doubt. They don't know what's possible for them. They don't believe that they can have success. And essentially, through my process, we change that all around and get rid of all those limiting beliefs we clean up that mindset and get them really confident and unstoppable, I guess. Yeah, it is unstoppable, the key word here. I absolutely love that. And I love what you do because it is so important to have that confidence within yourself. And, you know, we all suffer from moments of self-doubt. You know, there's no kind of two ways about it. But to be able to kind of pull yourself back out of that and say, actually, no, I am on the right path. I've just got to keep going sort of thing is super important. Yeah, totally. And the way I like to think about it is that every level of your life and of your business, it's going to require you to up level and become something new. So within the life cycle of your business, whether you have your business for 10 years or five years, you're going to get to a point where there's always going to be new challenges. There's always something new to learn. And so it's not that we totally get rid of the self-doubt or the anxiety 
but I give you the skill so that every time you get to that new challenge or you get to that new level, you already know how to get there and what to do. You're like, this is the part where my brain has a little freak out. It has a little worry. These are the tools I'm going to use to overcome this fear. And I'm going to go out and do that Instagram live that I said I was, or I'm going to go out and launch that new range that I said I was going to go after. Yes. Doing the things that scare you the most. Well, we'll get onto that a bit more later. Can you talk us through your career journey from kind of start to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So I guess my start for me is university, even though I was always interning and working in design way before university. But I did fashion design at school. And I always thought that fashion design was where I was going to end up. I had visions of working in Paris with Alexander McQueen. I loved design. I loved fabric and form and pattern cutting and all of those sorts of things. Anyway, I left university and interned for like a year at some really cool London brands like Liam Hodges, Asai. And turns out I really hated design. <laughs> like in terms of the workplace and the work environment, it was super intense, not my thing. So I went actually into another really intense industry, which was fashion styling. So I was a fashion assistant for quite a while and I worked on creating like photo shoots and advertising campaigns for brands like Days Magazine, Paul Smith, ASOS, all those kind of brands. And it got to 2018, I think, when I started to realize that this wasn't it. I had the kind of job where I could go to the pub and talk about it with my friends and they would be like, oh my God, that's so cool. But my experience of that job was horrible. Like on the inside, it was just not fulfilling. I had this niggle that there was something more out there that I needed to do. And then what I thought I could try doing is just like, I was like, I'm just going to try loads of different things until I get there. So I wrote articles for magazines. I was like, maybe I'm a writer. And then I started writing scripts for film and TV. And I really threw myself into that. And I was like, maybe I meant to be writing like the next Netflix series, the next hot series. And then it wasn't quite that. And then I launched my podcast, which was called Bold, Brilliant and Broke in 2019. And it turns out I really loved talking to people. I loved conversation. I loved hearing about people's creativity and how they were monetizing it and what ways they were turning their creativity into a lifestyle, into a business that was bigger than them. And as I was talking on this podcast, a couple of people said to me like, hey, like, you're really good at this. Like, people should pay you to do this, to talk to them. I was like, no, like, what are you talking about? That's super weird. Why would I do that? But then that call, that nudge of people saying like, hey, like, you should coach, you should do this kept on coming. And essentially, that led me to starting my coaching business officially in March 2020. And so that is the journey essentially to how I've got here question so you launched in March 2020 so were we in lockdown by then yeah we were yeah I don't know if it was the first day of lockdown or like deeper into lockdown but what had happened is I had this idea that I was going to be a coach and I was going to do this thing and I was like oh it could be interesting and what had happened is we'd gone into lockdown so I wasn't working in styling anymore I couldn't do it and my brother had got really sick and he didn't actually get tested at the time but me and my family were convinced that he had COVID. 
And this was at the time where we didn't know a lot about COVID. And I definitely thought, oh my God, he's going to die. And what that looked like is every single day, like cycling to his house with like bags of groceries and like leaving them on his front porch and me standing in the road shouting to him like, how are you doing today? Like, are you okay? Are you getting better? And I had this moment where it's like, if he dies, if we all die, I don't want to go out like this. I don't want to go out hating my life and my job. Like, I don't want to go out not sharing this mission that I had on my heart. So I literally launched my business as a reaction to COVID. I was like, you know what? I might have limited time left on this earth. We're doing this thing. (laughs) Well, interesting though, because also I think that, well, firstly, like, people's minds, mental state and mentality has changed during COVID because obviously we've had to make this switch from working in offices and being out and about, you know, even if you don't work in office to working at home, which I'm very lucky in the sense that, I mean, I work in my flat all week and then I go back to my parents the weekend because I live by myself. But even before that, before I moved into my place, I was spending lockdown working from home at my parents. So nothing had really changed for me apart from the fact that I couldn't like go out and you know, do Thirsty Thursdays in London and, you know, <laughs> see loads of people that I knew. Like, I used to bump into someone I know every single day in London. And oh I don't think gosh. you realise actually what that does to kind of the way that, you know, the way that you think. Obviously, you can keep in touch with people, but it's not quite the same, is it? Yeah. But really interesting because a lot of people have started smaller businesses during lockdown. So do you think that's helped sort of propel you, I guess, because perhaps there's more people that need, need to talk to you and, and talk to you about their kind of confidence levels and mindset? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I think that there are people who are seeing other examples of people being really successful. And it's widening, I guess, what we all think is possible for ourselves. Before 2020, starting a small business, obviously, there are stories. But even if I think back to it now, like I didn't really know many people who were like, had their own business, were doing really well, like making sales. I knew people who were like making clothes in their like studio or in their bedroom, but I didn't know anyone who was really, that is my business. I'm a creative and I'm a maker and it's all my name. And so I feel like 2020 really allowed us to see what was possible. And when we see examples of what is possible displayed in other people, we start to say and try it on and think, oh, like I want that for myself. And then there comes this secondary layer of, okay, I'm going to use Instagram. Oh crap it's terrifying. What are my friends going to think? What are my parents going to think? I've never spoke to camera before. Like this is really challenging. It's really weird. That's when they come and find me. They're like, I have all these thoughts, all these emotions. I saw Sarah down the road. She's killing it with her launch. Like, how do I do that? How do I recreate that? I don't have the confidence to do that. So definitely in terms of this boom of people being like, yes, I want this new lifestyle. And this realization of, oh, I've got to clean up all of my negative thoughts in order to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. And which is obviously why I wanted to get you on the podcast today, because what I wanted, I mean, I'm not going to lie, this is the second time we've recorded this and you can keep that in the podcast. (laughs) We had a bit of a malfunction with the old software. Yeah, Mercury might be in retrograde or something or the moon's doing something weird. Yeah, so I was really keen to obviously get you on the podcast because... I want to talk to you about how to make new ideas happen. And this could be anything from, you know, starting a business to within your business, perhaps going, okay, I'm 
you know, I'm a service-based business, I'm selling my services to people, but I want to start selling eBooks and things like that. But potentially you don't have the confidence or you would know how to do it if you went online and Googled it. But sometimes we stop ourselves from actually allowing ourselves to move forward and do these things because deep down, we don't have the confidence to do it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's always that that stops us. I really strongly believe that we can have anything that we want in this world, but we have to believe and we have to embody it. When we think about the greatest, you know, sort of things that have changed the way we live today, like the iPhone, the Mac, all of that started with an idea that Steve Jobs had. Like he had to see it he, and then he had to believe that the idea was possible. Otherwise, we would never have heard of the iPhone if he didn't have that conviction that it could be something and that it could shape the world. And so I think when it comes to like having an idea, that thing that keeps on coming up, you've maybe tried to push it away, but it's kind of niggling at you and you're like, no, you have to move forward. The first thing I think I would say is to spend time selling yourself on the idea before you put it out there. So why is this important to the world? Why will the person who ends up buying it, how will their life change by having it? doesn't matter if you're selling hair clips, you're selling a coaching course, or you're selling ebooks or website templates, whatever you sell is going to have an impact in the world. And often when we can see the impact that we will have, it makes it easier to step into that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. And I think actually, whether or not like your idea is a completely new one that no one's ever done before, which let's be honest, is a very rare thing. Yeah. (laughs) As you say, it is going to have an impact. And, you know, I always try and relate this series back to my experiences with Partner of Mine, because obviously Mm. it's not my first business. But when I thought of the idea, it was an issue that I was having because of lockdown. Yes. And I thought, you know what? There must be other people that are having this problem. You know, totally the same issue as me. And then I kind of pictured us, like I pictured me and my friends a year ahead in the park, enjoying a cold glass of wine all together with our partners in wine I and then I pitched that. like everyone else doing it and I, I don't know if I said this in the last recording but I am waiting for the moment that I go down to the riverside where I live and I walk along the river and see someone with a partner in wine bottle oh I'm literally God. waiting for that moment it's almost like I'm subconsciously manifesting it I love I will that see and it's funny because loads of people that live in my local town like it's just a coincidence but I see the orders pop through And I see their addresses and they live here. So I tell you, it's going to happen this summer. I'm going to be in the park and someone's going to have one. And I'm literally going to jump on them like, Padre Wine. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so fun. See, like, that's the image that you have to have in your mind. Usually, I think when people start businesses, they have an image of it going really wrong. They have an image of it launching and no one buying and their friends from high school, like, taking the mick. But actually, if you have that image, like if you were to Google it or like subconscious imagery or imaging, you have to have an image of your mind that you're moving towards of it being successful. Mm. If you put a picture of it failing, of this idea not working, your brain is going to do everything it can to move away from that potential failure. You are going to really struggle to put your ideas out there. Yeah, 100%. And I always say to people that you have to... What people say to me, how are you so confident in yourself and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's not an easy journey. Like I've gone from at school being told that my ideas are stupid by the boys in my class. So I've ended up just sat there with my mouth shut. 
to now, obviously, like I feel like I'm such like a different person. I feel like myself now because I can mm. express myself in the way that I want to. And I feel positive and confident. But you have to back your own ideas. Yes. And back yourself in order to make it a success. Yeah. And it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally to all of us. You know, none of us, I think we're kind of, especially in the UK, we're so like polite and we're kind of, it's ingrained into us to not be boastful or like rating yourself can come across as cocky, but like it doesn't have to. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's kind of one of those things that even interesting, the idea that boasting ourselves can come across cocky because we're thinking about how we're going to be perceived by others and how we're perceived by others becomes our main concern. Like, I don't want people to think I'm too loud or too assertive or full of myself. I just want to challenge that and say, why is that your main concern? Is the concern of others going to give you the kind of life that you want? Is that how you're going to pay for it and get there? Is the concern of others going to transform the world for you? Is it going to bring more love and more joy into your life? Like, I don't really think so. So if you're thinking like you're worried about backing your own idea because of what you think other people will think of you, just ask yourself, is that the kind of rules that you want to guide your life? Or is there something else out there? Do you care more about your own opinion of you than other people who don't know you as well. Yeah, absolutely. But also it's an interesting one because I think one of the things that people say to me most often is that they are worried about what their friends will think. Yeah. So for example, you know, starting to talk on camera, you're worried that you'll feel silly starting your own Instagram page for a business that you're wanting to launch and not following your friends or telling your friends about it because you don't want them to be like, what's this thing that you're doing? And then you actually, yeah. you have to get out of your comfort zone and talk about it. Yeah. They might think it's a really cool idea, but actually like sometimes we're more worried about talking about what we want to do because then it actually becomes a reality. Totally. And do you know what? We spoke about this on the last recording about those moments where you have to talk about what you do to other people. They help shape your idea because you're saying it out loud you're hearing their response, their feedback, any like challenges that they may have. And that builds your idea. Like if they were to say, like, oh, my God, that's really awesome. You're like, oh, OK, cool. But if you were to like hide and be like, oh, no, it's nothing like it's, it's nothing. It's just like a hobby thing. Like, you know, it's not like a real thing. Then it's kind of like that moment, that decision to like not share what you're doing. It creates doubt. It erodes your confidence in your idea. And it's almost like at every moment we have the opportunity to grow our confidence in these really small, small moments that add to a really large effect. Yeah. And I think to learn to talk about yourself and what you're doing comfortably, whether you're running a full-time business or a side hustle, or you're just starting out and you're working full-time, but you're doing this on the side. It's one of those things that I, I can't remember if it was you that said this or if it was someone else, but they noticed that people were often saying like, you say, okay, what do you do? And, and you might be a nurse as your main job. And then on the side, you're running a fitness business. And to make things easier for yourself, you go, oh, I'm a nurse. Was that you? That yeah, was that? it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since you've said that, I literally tell everyone that. I'm like, yeah, this nugget of information <laughs> from Cairo. Yeah, but it's, it is so true. It's so true. Yeah. And it's just like, you're not passionate about that. You're not passionate about your day job. 
the thing with manifestation is the universe is always giving us like what our focus is, like what our point of attraction is. So if we're in a day job, maybe we're wanting to leave a day job. Don't keep focusing on that day job. Don't keep talking about that day job. Make your side hustle. It doesn't matter if you're selling one product a week or like your side hustle is going really well and you've got lots of clients or selling lots of product or whatever. You have to step into that and believe that it could be a full-time thing if that's your goal before it happens. You can't have anything before it happens. Like we didn't have the iPhone before Steve Jobs believed it was possible. So just like his legacy, yours is going to be having a day job, having this side hustle and building it up, like nurturing a little plant on your windowsill, like giving it love, coming back and watering it. Like that's your job. And that's how you're going to manifest, you know, abundance, financial abundance through your business. Yeah. So whenever I tell people how I talk about myself, I always say that it's the elevator pitch. And I talk about this quite a lot because a lot of people do struggle with their confidence. So I call it the elevator pitch, but it's not that like entrepreneurial, like I've just got in a lift <laughs> Bill Gates, let me pitch in my billion pound idea. Yeah, it's more in the sense of being able to confidently explain to someone when they ask you, whether you know them or not, who you are, what you do, and then they'll ask you a follow-up question and you can tell them why you're doing it. So someone might go, hi, my name's so-and-so, nice to meet you. And you say, hi, my name's Lucy. And they go, oh, Lucy, what do you do? And every time, I mean, I've reeled this off like a script so many times. So when people ask me what I do, but I say, my name's Lucy Hitchcock. I'm the founder of Sassy Digital, which is a no-nonsense digital marketing, branding, and web design agency. And second to that, I'm the founder of Partner in Wine, where we sell insulated wine bottles and wine accessories. So it's one of those things that reels off my tongue. And then people go, oh, that's interesting. When did you start doing your digital agency? Or they'll go like, oh, this wine bottle is like, that's really interesting. Like, what, what's that about? So people then ask you a follow-up question and then you feel more at ease to actually talk about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, totally. I love that. And again, you're like developing that idea. It's becoming a real thing and you're developing that idea as you talk about it. I love that so much. Yeah. So I was saying to someone yesterday, and we we're working on their brand story. And, and I said, if I asked you what you do, what would you say? And she was like, um, oh. She's like, oh, you know, I do actually struggle with this quite a lot. And I said, okay, well, who are you and what do you do? Mm. And this is what I ask people at the beginning of each of my podcast episodes. Oh my God. So just for everyone listening, the first time Lucy and I recorded this episode, <laughs> she asked me that question and I literally like vomited, like word vomited on the microphone. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so funny. So I'm really grateful that we're doing this again. But it's so true. Like I'm hosting a masterclass next week, actually. It's called the Caption Power. And it's all about how to tell your story in a really compelling way through Instagram captions. And one of the ways that I like to think about this is just ask yourself three questions. Why you? Why this? And why now? Why are the, you the one to create this product? Maybe you have like a personal experience you know, you had really bad customer service at one company. So you decided, oh, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to do it better and I'm going to do it more sustainably. Why this? Why is this the product that you created? You could have created 
anything in the world. Why did you create it into an ebook, into a website template, into an insulated wine bottle? Like why this particular product? And then why now? Like why is it relevant to our lives right now? Why do your customers need it right now? Is it because global warming is a real thing and we're needing more sustainable options? Is it because, you know, I don't know, but I'm sure you can think of other reasons why we need it now. Yeah, agreed. No, that's really interesting. And I think also in terms of like telling your brand story, especially on Instagram, it's one of those things that people tend to go like, hey, waving emoji. And I do this as well, but like... (laughs) every time telling your story slightly differently gives you more confidence I think Mm. because you're talking about new things every time and you might not realize that you're telling your story in a different way you know as long as you're not copy and pasting the caption from last time but um yeah yeah I think it's interesting to tell people about new aspects to your story and I think that's how people get to know you isn't it you know telling them something that they perhaps don't know yeah totally and it's kind of like when I started my podcast which was called bold brilliant and broke at the time It was all about finances for creatives. And like I was talking to these really brilliant, talented creatives, but the money side, they just hadn't got it figured out yet. And I didn't understand. I had the idea to do it and I couldn't put the picture or the puzzle together of why I should do it. I was like, I'm working fashion. Why am I doing a money and business podcast? It wasn't until much later did I realize The reason why I'm doing it is because I'm really interested in business, really interested in money and finances, and nobody's talking directly to creatives about this thing. And that's exactly why I should do it for creatives. But I had to really engage with my podcast, engage with my audience before I could realize, oh, this is why this is for me. And sometimes we have an idea to do something, and I actually think ideas are manifestations. And it won't make sense as to why we are the one to do this. Like you might be homeschooling your kids right now and you have an idea to launch a fashion business or you have an idea to make pottery and to sell it online. And you'll be like, why am I doing this? Like, why me? A really famous quote from Steve Jobs is that he says you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you can allow your brand story to evolve over time as you interact with your brand as you interact with your idea and with the customers that are using your products too. Yeah. And I also think what's interesting about your, the way that you're describing this, like, you know, why you, why this and why now is because of the comparison game that Mm. we often get caught up in, which is, oh, you know, like other people are doing this too. You know, other people are better at this than me. That's why I shouldn't do it you know, and then you use that as an excuse as to why you're not going to make it happen. However, you know, as I said, at the beginning of this episode, very few ideas are original. Yes. But it's not, people don't buy from you because of what you're selling. Mm. They buy from you because it's you, the one that's selling it. Yeah. And you know, that doesn't necessarily just mean you as, as the founder behind a brand. That could mean because they resonate with your branding better. They like the way that you talk on Instagram they like the way that your website looks versus, you know, a brand competitor. You know, they've seen all of their friends have it and they want one too. So it's not just the case of there's so many different social media managers out there. I'll use that as an example, but you might be doing things differently. You know, everyone brings a different approach to these things. So in terms of boosting your confidence levels, like you really have to think of that, you know, not everything's original. It's very rare that things are original. 
But I guess I like to compare it to like, and this is really weird, but this is just what I've thought of. It's like going to the cheese aisle. Yeah. In the supermarket. Here we go, everyone. Here we go. Here we go, guys. I could have chosen anything, but I chose cheese. It's like going to the cheese aisle. And there's 50 different types of cheddar cheese. You know, they're all kind of the same, but they're each got a slightly different flavor to them. Yes. And that is what it is like. That makes sense. Totally. 100%. I could have used like olive oil or something. (laughs) Because there actually are like hundreds of different olive oils. It's mad. Like you're like, what? I know. But yeah, like I totally agree. Like it's kind of that thing with books. I always use this example of... People don't get book deals to write books about their expertise or whatever and say, oh, I can't. There's already hundreds of thousands of books on the market. Like if you go on Amazon, there's so many people who've written business books, financial books, all those kind of things. But some of those books, even if you were to read like half of all of those books, they all have different voices, different writing styles, different tones. The backstory is really interesting. Some people went to study the things they learned some people like child and erred and found things that they learned and they're sharing it in that book and it's like if publishers are still publishing books even though there are hundreds of thousands of books out there it means that there's space for you like yeah. no worries hon like there's space for you in this world <laughs> yeah by the way side note to that i always think when people release books i'm like how has that story not been written before? Like, yeah. how is there still like stories that people make up to tell? Like, I know. It's not. But I guess that's kind of like, well, yes, yeah, it kind of goes with your little anecdote there, doesn't it? Like there's still stories to be told and like you are the only one that can tell your story. Oh, guys, that was so deep. That was really good. <laughs> I've got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, Lu- everyone. Lucy backing herself. <laughs> live on the podcast (laughs) yeah it's true though it is true and like that's the thing about confidence like look you can't just wake up one morning going that's it I've squashed that voice in my head I am confident now like you've got to constantly work at these things like even I have to constantly work on them you know it's one of those things so no it's really interesting so one of the other things I wanted to talk about is For people who perhaps do struggle, so I guess this follows up quite nicely, for people who do struggle with their confidence levels, what tips would you give people to sort of help them get themselves to a place where they can go, actually, I feel confident in myself and my ideas to kind of move forward? First of all, I would ask myself, what specific things am I saying to myself that are taking away my confidence right now? Usually when we don't feel confident, it's because we're thinking something else. So the way we create confidence is by thinking thoughts of confidence, like I'm good at this, I'm worthy, I know what I'm talking about, I'm great, I can do this. So if we're feeling something else other than confidence, it means we're thinking something along those lines, like I'm not good enough, I haven't been doing this for long enough, I don't know what I'm doing, what will people think, I'm afraid of what people are going to do when I do this thing. So we're thinking thoughts of fear. I would then go and do a thought dump and basically write all of my negative thoughts, all of my thoughts that are stopping me from stepping into that confident version of me down onto a piece of paper. There's something magical when you take a thought from your brain and put it onto a piece of paper. You suddenly see those thoughts and you think, that isn't true. Like You start to dissociate and you start to move away from that thought. The next thing I would do is if your best friend came to you and said those negative things that you're saying to yourself, you know, that you're not good enough, that you can't do it, that you don't know enough, 
if your best friend said those things to you, what would you tell her? You wouldn't be like, yeah, you're right, hon. I don't think you're very good. Like, I don't think you're very smart. Like, you're not pretty enough to do this. You would never do that. You would be like, hold on. Like, have you forgotten who you are? You're amazing. You were made to be on this earth. Like, this is what you were born to do. You're going to try. You may fail, but it's going to be okay because you're a remarkable human and I love you. You're then going to give yourself that same pep talk. And as you do this, you're going to start feeling alive, confident. You're going to start feeling compassion for yourself and self-love. And then the last thing that you need to do is when you are in that good feeling place, is decide on an action that's going to move you forward and help get your idea to a success. So manifestation for me isn't just about thinking and feeling good. It's about taking action and doing something about the fact that you think and feel good. So maybe it's that you're going to email that brand that you want to collab with, or you're going to start that Instagram page, or you're going to raise your prices, whatever it is, when you are in that place of feeling good, take one action to move yourself forward. You could repeat this every single day, knowing that as you start to compound those actions, and as you start to build your belief, it gets easier, you build momentum, and then you become unstoppable in your business. Yeah. You mentioned raising prices there, which I think is quite an interesting one because money is, I mean, obviously money is one of those things that people struggle to talk about, especially Mm. when you're kind of doing service-based business because you don't tend to raise the price of products. You know, they are what they are. And I often get asked by other people who do offer a service-based business going, you know, I'm thinking of raising my prices. Like, how did you come about your price? How did you raise your prices? And it's an interesting one because you do actually have to have that confidence to go, every single year go to your clients who are reoccurring I'm raising my prices this year this is what it is now yeah and especially in the early stages you charge less you raise your prices with your experience level but you also need to know your own self-worth by having the confidence to go it's been another year I am more experienced and therefore my prices now reflect that and it's an interesting one because when I first started raising my price, I was like, oh, oh, by the way, I'm raising my price by £5 an hour. Is that okay? And the people that I worked with would be like, yeah, I don't care. It's like, it's what it is. And I was like, oh, okay. And the more the more that I did it, the more that I found that people were like accepting of it. Mm. So it's an interesting one. And I, I think back to this example that I used to build websites for like 250 £300. Oh my gosh. Bargain. I know. Well, that was like the very first website that I built. And I had no idea how much websites costed to build at that point. Then I went and did my research and was like, oh, (laughs) probably should be charging a bit more than that, shouldn't I? And then obviously now we've built like loads and loads of websites and we build custom stuff and whatnot. It's one of those things that people come to me and say, oh, I'm looking to build a website. And I go, okay, this is the price. And they go, oh, I was kind of thinking like this. And, you know, if we can work to someone's budget, amazing. And if we can kind of collab with them, perfect. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think sometimes it's also giving yourself that confidence to say no and go, actually, this isn't worth my time. I'm worth more than this because something new will come along. And I guess that's part of manifestation, right? Like we have clients say, you know, you know what? You're too much for us all the time. Like more often than not, people will say that's kind of not what I was hoping to pay, but that's because we work with smaller businesses, right? But then having the confidence if someone goes, I want you to do it for this, having that confidence to stand up and say no, actually, there's something quite powerful in that. I 100% agree 
because it's like when you say no to something that isn't for you, you're saying yes to something that is. And it's almost like you have to, at the same time, believe that there's more coming around the corner. But if you convince yourself like, oh, I have to say yes to this client, I may not get another one, like I need the money, all that kind of stuff. What happens is you end up saying yes, and you hate the whole project, like you resent yourself the whole project, you wish you said no, you may as well just say no in the first place, you're going to allow that client to go and find someone who can do it in that price. And you get the space, like your energy is so precious, you get the energy to go and find someone who actually can afford your prices and that you really want to work with. Yeah, well, exactly, as you said, like, I mean, now I think back to it, I always think about that as the £300 website. I'm (laughs) like, oh, God, I look back at it. And I'm like, wow, that was probably worth about £300. Let's be honest, first website (laughs) bloody built. So yeah, yeah, it's true, though, you do end up kind of like not, you know, not resenting it. But like, you get to a point, I think, where you go, I'd have to build 10 of these 300 pound websites to make three grand. Yeah, you could just three grand. Exactly. And it's like the time that it takes, I don't know how long it takes to build a website. But I don't know if you could do that in a month, like if you're wanting to like replace your monthly salary. Do you know what I mean? Like, You have to be realistic in terms of your time, the physical time you can give to a project and what you want to live on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, having the confidence to push for that is, yeah, it's really important if you want to make it work. I mean, I spent years kind of scrabbling around thinking I was rubbish at my job when actually I just wasn't charging enough because I was like, why am I not making any money? (laughs) (laughs) I work in so hard. Literally, I was like, why am I working? Why am I working? Like 12 hour days, <laughs> like barely making ends meet. Oh God, it's, oh it's too much. Well, it's funny as well, because when you get to this point in life where you're like, you're actually really confident in your prices and yourself or whatever, you kind of look back and go, what was I thinking? But also like, good for you that you're now at a place where you think like that. Yeah, totally. I think it goes back to where we started talking about that up leveling. Like, There's a point where at the beginning, like you're charging really low and like you're struggling and you're like, oh, like, is it going to happen? And then you overcome it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to raise my prices. You get really good at that. And then there's new challenges once you step into that confidence. Like for you, maybe it was like building a team. For me, it's definitely starting at building my team. That's something that I'm doing at the moment. And it's challenging in a whole different way. But all that is to say is that the challenges that you're facing now, like they will end and then you'll have tools to apply those to overcome the new challenges in your business. I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. Well, it's one of those things. You start a business, that's the first challenge, starting the business. Yeah. <laughs> and then expanding the business, you know, whether that's offering a new service, offering a new product. If you're a product-based business, taking on staff members, working out how to do your own bookkeeping, whatever it is that you're trying to kind of overcome. Navigating around the HMRC website. Oh my gosh, yes. That is a challenge. Just had to put (laughs) that one in there. Going around in circles, as always. Literally. 10 links later, you're back to the same place. You're like, I'm none the wiser. Literally reading articles after articles and still having no idea how to do it. Thanks. Yeah, brilliant. Good one, guys. It is getting better. I will give them that. It is getting better. But it's the, uh, that what's that meme that people send around where it's like, you submit for the code and it's like, oh, forgot password. Then it's like, run around the garden three times. Oh. Like, look under the plant pot. 
blah, 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 twist around three times or like what, whatever it is. And then it's like, thank you. Your code will arrive within five to six weeks by boat. <laughs> HMRC always looking out for us there. <laughs> I know. Don't even try and call them as well. That's a whole nother ball game, that one. I avoid that like the plague. Oh, no, don't. I can't deal with it. Can't even do it anyway. Anything that involves HMRC that's like filling in forms and stuff, I like get someone else to do it because I'm like, I can't deal with the stress. It's just too much. I get someone else to do it as well. It's too much. Well, actually, this is quite a good point, actually, because I think there is... Okay, so in order to expand your business, right? I mean, depending on what it is that you're doing, I personally, with Sassy, have had to... You know, I outsource a lot. Mm. And I have a full-time staff member, some part-time team members too. I'm about to hire another full-time team member as well. So with all of that comes this sort of, like, responsibility. But also having the confidence to allow yourself to grow by giving the jobs that you are not good at doing to other people is such an important task because I mean I don't know about you but I for years and years would literally sit and look at I had QuickBooks on one point my mum was trying to do a spreadsheet my mum's an accountant you know and she was like doing this spreadsheet thing I was like no no no, no. look we need to get on this digital thing like everyone's doing this thing this QuickBooks thing like let's do that she had no idea how to use it, you know, as your parents do look at a computer, like what the hell's going on here? Eventually, after many stressful times of me going, no, no, it's not even like that I couldn't do it if I really put my effort into. It's that I'm not good at it and I don't yeah. want to do it. And so then you allow yourself to then go and work on these new ideas that you want to do. And it frees up time in your business to go after more business. Yeah. And then you feel better. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I, you know, as soon as I outsource things like that, like the confidence for an accountant to actually do my stuff for me, it's like, I feel confident that everything I'm doing is legal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> I'm not sort of tax or VAT thing or whatever, you know, because a professional has dealt with it. Yeah. So... It is one of those things. I think, you know, everyone's at a different stage in their business. And I know everyone who listens to this podcast is at a different stage in their business. But in terms of actually freeing up your time to allow yourself the confidence to make your ideas happen is a really important part of your personal growth. Totally. I agree 100%. It's kind of the difference between working in your business and on your business, because sometimes there can be this phase I think where you get caught up doing busy work in creating graphics on Canva or stressing with your tax return all of these things that you don't really need to be doing that need to be done but can be done by someone else and so when you are doing those small little tasks over and over again what you're actually doing is you're hiding away from the things that actually generate revenue from your business And sometimes you may be doing that because the things that generate revenue are also the most scary things. Reaching out to people on Instagram, sending that email, raising your prices. It's challenging to do all those stuff, especially if you have some sort of resistance over money. You don't feel like you're worthy. You don't, who are you to ask? All of those things. So what I did, which really changed the way that I thought about this was I did like a time audit. I was like, for the next five days, I'm just going to look at where I'm spending my time. Like, where is it all going in relation to the money that I'm making? And lo and behold, the weeks where I was doing all of those busy things, I didn't make any money because I was doing all those admin, replying to like the little emails and uploading my podcast. Those things don't generate income. So if you are going to do it that way, just do it with some awareness that you're not doing the things that actually are going to make your business grow. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now you've said that I actually really need to do that because some weeks go by and I blink and I'm like, sorry, what on earth have I done this week? (laughs) I mean, I spend a lot of time on the phone, but like, I quite like to do that practical work because it makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I've achieved something. Yeah. And I think even though I have people that do various different things for me, sometimes I just like to go back to the basics and Mm -hmm. I like to do the things that I was originally doing because it makes me feel most creative and excited and I guess learning new things as well because totally that change so drastically sometimes. So, you know, while it's always a team effort, it's sometimes quite nice to go back to those basics, strip everything back and go, no, Lucy, you don't need to spend three hours on Canva making story graphics. (laughs) Stop with the Canva. (laughs) I actually really like to ask people like, so sometimes I'll just say to people, so what what time is it now? Three o'clock. How many times have you been on Canva today? (laughs) Oh my God. I can't bear Canva. Like I love it. I haven't been on it all day. Thank God. I have. I created a gift card on there. Oh my God. <laughs> Get off it. I know it was the Partner in Wine website because someone messaged on the live chat and was like, do you do gift cards? So I was like, oh, people keep asking this and I've not bloody done it yet. So I thought quickly, go on, make a little graphic, pop it on the website. Boom. So that might make me money. So I'll forgive myself for that. Okay, fine. Ish. Ish. <laughs> I feel like that was really helpful. I hope other people find that helpful. That was very different to our last recording, I have to I say. I know. But... I can't remember where our last recording went, but we didn't touch on the money bit. I'm kind of glad that we did because I love talking about money and like business and finances and stuff. Yeah. That's where it all started for me, really. Getting into that correct money mindset. Mm. That is important though, because I mean, when we're talking about confidence and stuff like that and actually having faith in your ideas, where do you get the most faith from when you're running a business that you do a launch and you sell a thousand pounds worth or something, you know? Yeah. That gives you confidence. You know, you might sell five things on a launch day. That's amazing. You might sell one thing. If that one thing is from someone you don't know, that's not a friend of yours, that is the confidence because you don't feel like, you know, look, friends and family buy from me all the time, you know, and I love that they do and they support it and stuff like that. But when someone else that you don't know buys your product, that gives you that. Oh, yeah. Other people feel like this is a good idea. And that comes from the fact that you've got stats on your screen that are telling you how much money you've made that day. Literally, literally, you're like, other people trust me to do this. That is incredible. And if you've done it once, all you need to do is replicate that now. Keep the momentum going. Literally. It's like the best thing. Like I remember when I signed my first coaching client, I just couldn't believe it. But at the same time, I had spent so much time visualizing it and doing all the things to make it happen that it felt really like natural, exciting, but like natural and just like, ah, it's happening. So good and so juicy and just, yeah, the best time. It was so fun. I literally was working with her for like 65 pounds a month as well, which obviously wasn't sustaining me. at all but you've got to start somewhere literally I think when you start it actually doesn't I know I mean I wouldn't give this advice to anyone but like actually like looking back to where I was didn't matter how much I was charging because I was like fuck like I'm self-employed people are paying me money to not go to work every day yeah but to work from my house with them and I was like just that feeling is just it's no feeling like I agree with you it's kind of mad when you're like I'm getting paid to do this. 
And maybe it's that like excitement where you're just like, oh my God, this is me. And then after a while, you're like, oh, actually, I haven't really bought anything for myself. I'm just about to pay my living expenses. I actually need more money now. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's when you can raise your prices. It's funny because I sometimes think if I'm having a moment of doubt, right? Or like I haven't had a good month or whatever, for whatever reason, I will either think, you are still working for yourself. Like Mm. you don't have to answer to anyone, right? And then the other thing that I will think is, you know what? And this is what I thought at the beginning of coronavirus. My first thought was, if all my clients drop out and I don't have any work, that's fine. And I thought, oh, that's fine. Because what I'll do is I'll like sign up to that thing where I can go and drop food around at people's houses. Like I'll make a difference. Like I'll go and stack the shelves in Tesco's. Like I don't care how much you get paid for it. But like, you know, if I can't get paid, from my clients, then I'll go and do something that will help other people. Yeah. You know, I've still got a roof over my head. I was living at home at the time. So I think it's one of those things, like sometimes when when things aren't quite going my way, I think, you know, you're still working for yourself. Or I think like, if things go to shit, I'm like, no, no, I need to keep going because <laughs> I need to stay self-employed. I can't work for anyone else. Yeah, I think I heard something somewhere. I'm not sure where, but it said that like self-employed people are like the most unemployable people. Like you can't employ a business owner in a company because they just think for themselves. They're like renegades. Like you can't work for someone. And that's one of the things that I think really pushed me to go on with my business because I was like, I've done so many different things in my work history that no employer can make sense of like who I am. Like I don't fit into a box. And so I was kind of like, like Tony Robbins always says like burn the bridges. I was like, there's no going back. Like there's no jobs for me. I have to go and create one. Yeah. Also like HR nightmare. They look at your thing and go, oh, you run a business. Are you looking for a job then? I always think that I'm like, I wouldn't be employable anyway. Literally. (laughs) Me neither. I'd be like, you ran a business for six years, now you want a job. Hmm, bit suspicious that. What went wrong? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, never work for anyone else again, me. That's it, I'm done. Burn in the boats. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Well, coming on again and recording again and not telling me to get lost and you never speak to me because I lost our podcast recording. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the first time and the second time. <laughs> it's honestly it's been my pleasure. Well, it's been my pleasure because I've got to speak to you more than once in the space of like two weeks. I feel like I know you so well now. I'm like, I've spent so much time with you. <laughs> we have. And I'm pretty sure before and after the last one, I think we chatted for like half an hour. I know. Which I, you know. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Kyra the Bold, K-I-R-A the Bold, or you can go and check out my website at kyramatthews.com. Matthews with a double T. Yes, and make sure you do go and follow Kyra on Instagram because she is a positive ball of energy and the influence we all need in our life. Yes. Like, I love Instagram and it's so funny. Like, people say, oh my gosh, Kyra, I love your energy. And for so long, I had no idea what they were talking about. It's like, what do they mean, like, my energy? And I think I'm starting to, like, get it. I think that's another word for, like, personality. But, um, yeah, apparently I have great energy. So come over. And also, when your hair changed the other day, I was like, I literally was scrolling through. I was like, hang on, who's that? And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, yes. Honey, yeah, that hair was just like, 
I mean, I don't even know what mood I was in at the time, but I saw that and I'm pretty sure after that, I was like, no, I've had my positive blast now. I was just seeing Kyra's hair. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm going off Instagram. And you were literally like waving them braids around. <laughs> I was in the middle of a very important talk and I was like, hold on, everyone. This hair is just like amazing. <laughs> it really is. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lucy. As always, the million handles you can find me at, at Lucy Hitchcock underscore, where you can follow me personally on Instagram, at The Winging It Podcast, where I'll post when the new podcast episodes are available, and at Partner in Wine UK if you want to follow along the Partner in Wine journey. Oh, and at Cersei Digital if you want digital marketing tips. Right, okay, I'm done. That's it. We're done. The episode's over. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found value in that, whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and make sure you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. You can follow at The Winging It Podcast. And if you want digital marketing tips, you can follow at Sassy Digital. And obviously, if I've got any breath left, please go and follow at Partner in Wine UK, where as well as posting about all of our latest products and everything that we're launching, I do make sure that we do plenty of behind the scenes so you can see exactly what it is like to run a product-based business. And I'll be back next week with another episode.